There's a story told of a man and his wife who were driving home from their honeymoon when an oncoming truck swerved and pushed their car off the road into a ditch. Then it came to a stop as it hit a telephone pole. They had been driving in a rural area with very little traffic on the roads and this truck that swerved and pushed them off the road never even noticed it and kept going and there they were in the dark. When the man saw his new wife bloodied and bruised from the accident, he quickly picked up his arms. He started walking toward the nearest farmhouse carrying his new bride. And once he reached the long winding driveway of a nearby home, he noticed on the mailbox the name Dr. Thomas Brown. Hopeful that this meant that Dr. Brown was indeed a medical practitioner, he began to walk quickly up that pathway of the gravel driveway to the home. He stepped up on the porch, and once again on the threshold of that house, this husband carrying his wife for a quarter of a mile saw another sign hang squarely on the door in the middle of that door reading, Dr. Thomas Brown. The man thought to himself, surely this man has to practice medicine. He's a medical doctor. He wouldn't have a sign two places in the, in, on the property. And he began to knock on that door. This desperate husband began to knock repeatedly over and over quickly on that door, having no patience to, for someone to answer. He just kept knocking. He needed help. And his wife still unconscious and bleeding in his arms, even as he pounded on that door, waited and waited. And finally, a man unlatched the door and opened it. And the man looking at the woman who was injured and bruised, covered with blood, looked at the lady and said, I'm sorry. Well, do something for her. You're a doctor, right? Do something. I used to be. The man standing at the door replied, but I don't practice anymore. The new husband stood bewildered, not quite knowing what to say after all he saw the nameplate on the mailbox, on the door, and quickly he ran down this uh, gravel road for help. And he says, please, you can help me. He says, I'm sorry, I can't. And he shut the door. The man began to knock again with his newlywed dying in his arms, he pounded on the door once more and the elderly man opened it again and the new husband had only these words to say. He says, if you no longer practice, then take the sign down. Church, if we are the church, let's be the church. And if we're not gonna be the church, then let's take the sign down. God is wanting the church to arise. This is the hour for God's church to rise up. Let me point to the, may I have permission to point to the church tonight? It's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. you. You're the church and it is time for the church to rise up. As Christians, we must do what God has called us to do or we should go ahead and take the sign down in front of the building. We must know, I like what Pastor William is preaching on Sundays, what is a Christian? We're preaching a series down south called Revolutionary Christian. And I'm not talking about being a revolutionary Christian where you 
you got to take up your muskets and you got to take up your rifle and your guns like the American Revolution. I'm not talking about the guillotines of the French Revolution. I'm simply talking about just being a Christian in today's hour. What, uh, just, just simply believing the Bible and walking out and practicing God's word is revolutionary now. It's a revolutionary thought that, wait a minute, I can lay hands on the sick and they can recover? Oh, y'all don't believe that, do you? You don't believe that in that church? Oh, you, you, you think that you can pray for someone and, well, why didn't Jesus go in the hospitals and clear them all out? Huh, got you, didn't I? No, you don't have me. Because Jesus went to a pool what was filled with a lot of sick people. And he beelined to one particular person that had been laying on his back for a long time, waiting for an angel to come and stir up the water. And Jesus went up to him. You know, you know Jesus is smart. And he asked questions not because he doesn't know the answer. Jesus asked questions. God asked Adam in the garden a question. He knew where Adam was. He asked it because he wants Adam to know where he is and how far he's gone. Jesus, he comes up to the man. He says, I, I have to do this. This is the way I do things. And uh, Forgive me, but don't forgive me. I think he takes a toothpick. He just ate a camel burger. He's clearing his teeth. He flicks the toothpick off like this and he says, do you want to get well? Man, and then, I'm telling you, then, then it all starts. Well, I do want to get well, but every time I try to get in the water, somebody cuts up in front of me. Look, I, look I, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'll tell you what, if I know when an angel comes down and dips his big toe in that water, I know what I'm going to do because I played sports before. So I'm going to, I'm going to, this way we say it, well, I'm from Mississippi. I'm going to scooch myself up to the edge of that water and I'm going to lay right here. That's what I'm going to do. I, they call that a head start. <laughs> and I'm going to sit right here. <coughs> here it comes. And I'm going to get mine. I'm going to go in. <laughs> get off me. If, if I knew my healing was dependent upon that. Amen. Haven't y'all had been in a race before? Do you want to get well? I mean, it, it, it become... I don't want to get nasty. I'm going to. Do you want to get ready to have that handicap sign? See, now, maybe it's not the right place to do this. Well, this is a place of truth, so it's okay. See, listen, if we want to see God move, let's, let's go ahead and welcome God in our lives at home. Let's believe that God can do something. If we want to impact and influence a lost and dying world, 
look, we got all these signs. And I'm not talking about this particular church because that man preaches the word of God. That lady preaches the word of God. <laughs> we have all these signs. We've got all these steeples that's been put up all over America. Yet the church is having less healing influence on our nation than ever before. We got all these pastors and all these churches preaching all these messages, spending all this money, building all these big buildings, doing all these programs, and the church is losing its power and influence in this nation. Look around. Isn't it obvious? I mean, let's be honest. We look around in the world, something's wrong. You look around Clarksville, I mean, you got to say, what's going on? The nation's in turmoil. People fight one another. Church can't get along. You know something's just not right. What's going on? How can we be involved in the growth of this great Christ-centered kingdom? I want to add to what God's doing. I don't want to take away. I don't want to be the problem goes, okay, I guess I got to look somewhere else. I want God to use me. Anybody in here want God to use him? This is the time. I believe really for a revolution, this is a moment for the church to step up. Let me ask you something. Where are the voices? Where, where, I'm just looking for some pastor on TV to say it like it is, to speak against something. You know, not, not, not to tell me what he hates, but to, but to preach what he loves, but also take a stand against evil. Take a stand against sin in this world. The world needs to see a church move in God's power. Now, let me, here's why I'm telling you this. I'm, I want to give you five things here I really think that are vitally important, and then I'm going to sit down. <clears throat> I'd love to preach this with just a little sip of water. <clears throat> Thank you very much. I got so excited at the beginning of the service that I, I, I love it. I love it when people really just want you to preach better and pull something out of you. We've got to get back to what has been proven to work and the Bible works. And this is what I, I, I'm not, pre, you know what I told uh, Pastor Ginger, I said, I'm just going to preach my weakness. I'm just going to talk about what I'm telling our folks. This, this, I, I think it's universal, but this is, I'm not coming here telling what you, what you need to do. I'm just telling you what I'm doing in our church and where I am in my own life. So you can get to know me a little bit better, but I love God's word. I just ordered me another Bible in the mail. I'm starting another Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to create notes in my Bible for each daughter. So one day they'll get this Bible and they'll see the legacy of faith that I hopefully hand down to them. And, and the trials and the tribulations I had because I know everything's not a bed of roses. But, but I, I, we got to get back to what works. Here's five things I'm telling our church. If we want to see God's kingdom advance... We want to see God's kingdom advance now. And this is the hour. We need the church to step up in this hour. Listen, the world needs us to step up in this hour. We are needed. Don't believe the lie. We are essential. Christians are more essential now on this earth than ever before. So five things. Number one, we got to return to God's word. And I know this is a church that preaches the word of God. But sir, I'm talking to you. You can't depend on Pastor William to feed you every Sunday. You got to be picking up the fork and the knife on Monday through Saturday. 
you've got to begin getting in God's word. God's word is essential. You've got to read the word. You've got to preach the word. You've got to speak the word. You've got to act on the word. We must return to the word of God. We ignore God's word at our own peril. I believe there will be a famine in the last days and that famine in the last days will be the uh, word of God not being preached. When there's a lack of preaching God's word, guess what? There, when there's a lack of intake of God's word, then there is a famine. And when there is a famine of no word, that means there's no faith. And when there's no faith, fear rises. Fear starts to take over. When fear starts to percolate in your life, you need to get the word in you. You know that I, I know what's missing right now. It's a good indicator. Fear level goes up. Ah, I need the word in me. I'm too busy. Well, no, you're not. You're not. It's essential. You have to have the Bible in you like a vitamin. When you don't have the word in you, doubt increases. When you don't have in the word in you, sickness begins to slip in the door. When God's word, and I know Pastor William is preaching his 462 message on Wednesday about the word of God. What does it take for us to understand the word is important? The very thing we know we need, we ignore. With the false promise that I'll, I'm, I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. We've got to be people of the word. When God's word is spoken, it will not return empty. It will not return void. God's word is powerful and valuable in the life of a believer. Amen? Hey, uh, let me read this passage. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It reads this way. From the Message Bible. I'm going to read the Message Bible to you. Ma Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. You know this. It's about the foundation. You can build it on a rock or sand. You know that parable? These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. The homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a small carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit it, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed on the rock. Isn't that a good word? These are not just little incidental, well, I went to church because pastor told me to go. He's not even preaching tonight. So, and when we treat, when we treat the word as incidental, well, th that guy from Orlando doesn't have anything to say. I like Pastor William, which, which I can understand that. And we just have this little, well, I don't like that. I, you know, anybody can preach the word of God and it can mean something to you. If you want God's word to work for you, you must apply the word to your life, not just be hearers, but also doers. Reminds me a story of a soap manufacturer and a pastor. The soap manufacturer and a pastor were walking down a road together in a large street, large city. The soap manufacturer casually said, 
The gospel you preach hasn't done much good, has it? Just look around and observe. There's still a lot of wickedness in this world and a lot of wicked people too. The pastor made no reply. He kept quiet until they passed a dirty little child making mud pies in the gutter. And seizing the opportunity, the pastor said, hmm, I see that soap hasn't done much good in the world either, for there is much dirt and many people around. The soap man said, ha ha, well, soap is only useful when it's applied. And the pastor said, exactly, so it is with the gospel, only when it's applied. So when you begin to hear the word and you begin to apply the word to your life, when you begin to apply God's principles to your life, you build your house on a solid foundation. Can I hear a grunt, an amen or something? Number two, if we want to see God's kingdom advance, we want to be a part of that. Not only do you have to be a people of the word, because you got to get, you got to get your foundation strong. You got to get your faith built up. You number two, you got to have a passionate pursuit of prayer. That means you got to talk to God. Prayer is simply talking to God and listening to God. That's got to be settled. That's got to be settled. That's got to be settled. I've been speaking on prayer over the last first part of our summer. I've been asking God who hears, you know, God hears me. Listen, watch this one. God loves me. I've made it quite personal in this journey. There are days I've had to make it personal. When I knew that someone didn't love me and I knew someone attacked me and I knew they were talking bad about me, the pastor, I had to remind myself that God loves me a lot. So much so that he sent his son Jesus to die for me. Amen. People that want to talk about you when you're not listening, question you, criticize you, I'm going to get to that point later. We need people to stand up for their pastors. Said, I'm, 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 not, I'm talking about this pastor here. We need people to stand up for the pastors. There are people that will stab, backstab, act like they know better, uh, uh, and talk evil and wrong about good people busting their butt. Not perfect people, good people. Those two right there, they're good people. They are good people. And I'll tell you this, and I bet you didn't know this, Pastor Ginger cooks a mean steak. You probably do know it. Pastor Ginger makes a mean chicken. We enjoyed that. So I've been asking God for a fresh outpouring of his spirit in my life. I'm not there yet. I want God to fill me to capacity and use every part of me. I don't want anything reserved for the world. I'm so dissatisfied right now still being a school teacher. Oh, I know I'm reaching people. Oh, I know I get to talk to those kids. I'm a light in a dark place. But I think there's such a desperate need for men of God and men and women to be in the pulpit that God's going to make that time short now. I need you to pray for me and believe God for that. There's got to be a voice. There's got to be a church in the community that rises up that's not afraid of God's power wants to be filled with the Spirit, not only in our lives, but in our church, in our community, in our cities. We need more God. Someone say more God. We need more God. We need more of God in our life, 
May the Holy Spirit overflow us in Jesus' name. Number three, there's got to be an expectation of the miraculous. So we got to get in the word. We got to pray. And church, we need to start believing God for miracles like we've never seen before. There are some people who can't afford health insurance. It's okay. We got Jesus. Jesus can still heal. Listen, I don't, I don't want to draw too much attention, but Alondra's right there. Sweet Alondra. She danced in our church. She's helped us start our youth group a long time ago. And she came to this church the last time I preached here, and she was under duress and stress because, just correct me if I'm wrong, the doctor said the child won't make it. Well, Alondra, it might be in a place where she can't show you right now. I'm drawing too much attention. But her baby's right there in her hands. Julie reached over and said, Alondra's here to Pastor Ginger. Would you please pray for her? They marched right back there and Pastor Ginger spoke faith over her. As tears came down her face, I went over there to say hi to her, but there's too much going on. I just walked away. I said, everything's going to be, in my spirit, I was like, everything's going to be fine. And here we are. Thanks to Pastor Ginger stepping out and praying. We've got us a baby in the house. Amen. Well, 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 that worked out for her, but it didn't work out for me. Or, or what, what if it doesn't work out? What if it does? But what if it doesn't? I need to talk to you about reality. What if it doesn't? I want to talk to you about reality. What if it does? See, here's the problem. Some people are so fearful, they don't have the word in them. They haven't been touching heaven with their, with their voice and praying that here's what happens. Fear set in. And you believe fear over faith. You believe something bad's going to happen instead of believing something good's going to happen. You know what you need to do, sir? You need to doubt your doubts. Uh. How's that work? I, I don't think anything good's going to happen. Wait a minute. I doubt that doubt. I think something good could happen. You start, you start self-talking yourself in faith. Meditate on God's word. And you can begin to speak. Wait a minute. I think something good could happen. And you begin to talk yourself into a place of more faith. Amen. More about that later. But you've got to walk in faith. You got to believe God's word. You got to expect results. Do you expect results when you pray? You know what? Something good's going to happen. That's what I'm believing for in Faith Outreach Church in Central Florida. I'm praying for and expecting God to move in a powerful way. We're believing for a demonstration of the power of God to save, to heal, to deliver, and to change lives. Spit all over my iPad. You know why? You know why? People need it. Where are you supposed to go for faith? Walgreens? You can get a pill there. Where are you supposed to go for a miracle? Or someone going to talk about a miracle? Or someone going to encourage you not to give up? 
Where, where, let's go. Where do we go? It should be the local church. Signs and wonders should be taking place in the local church. I'm believing for people at Faith Outreach Church of Central Florida. Hey, I'm believing for people to get delivered from demons. Bring them, bring them on in, bring them on in. Those that have been twisted up with lies about this culture and influence and those that have been confused about who they are, bring them in, let's help them. Let's just help people. I'm believing and expecting people to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Got quiet in here a little bit. It was a little softer, a little softer. I'm believing for that. I'm believing for the lies of the enemy to be exposed. I'm believing for wisdom and discernment to pick up in Jesus' name. I'm believing for the attacks of the enemy to stop off God's people. This is the reason Christ came, to save, to heal, to deliver. Amen. You know, Jesus came to make your life better. That's a novel thought. You know, when you look around, it's pretty simple. When you look around, you notice that things aren't the way they're supposed to be. You look around and go, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And if you don't think anything's wrong out there, then you got caught up in the culture or something. You're far from God's word. See, you know why we need miracles? Why we need healing? Because something's wrong. God didn't make the world this way. God did not make the world this way. And we've come so far off track what God intended, he sent Jesus to bring us back. And Jesus on earth came to set the captive free. But the captive is so deceived, they, don't, they say, I'm not captive. I'm good, nothing wrong this way, I believe. You believe that way, I believe this way. And Jesus came to set you free. He came to heal you and deliver you. That's why we need a miracle. Jesus came to set what was wrong right. That's a miracle. He came to set your wrong mind right. He came to set your wrong body that's sick right. That's a miracle. People need a miracle today. He came to make those crooked places straight. Man, isn't that good? So yes, Jesus came to make our lives better. He came to save us from sin. He didn't come to destroy men's lives. Satan has come to destroy your life. But we have been, some people have been so deceived, they think that their life is supposed to be this way. It's supposed to, well, you know, everybody goes through it. I don't know, I've, saw, I've sang that song. Have y'all sang this song? Because they sang pretty good tonight. They didn't sing it tonight. But you know that song, He's a Good, Good Father? Yes. He's a good, good father, but he puts cancer in your guts. No. To teach you a lesson. Oh, what, what good, good father puts cancer in your guts? To teach you a lesson. You know how it is, boy. Going to teach you a lesson. Keep you humble. Man, I, I, I got four beautiful daughters. And I can't imagine saying, you know what, I'll teach them a lesson. They ain't going to get out, they ain't going to, they ain't going to get out this house 
with my permission anymore. I'm going to break their legs. That'll teach them. A good, good father stopped them from sinning, didn't I? I mean, it makes no sense. It is silly. It's ridiculous. And people have, people have trouble with that. Well, if, if, if uh, he's a good, good father, then why is all this cancer in the world? Why is all this sickness in the world? Because of sin. It goes back to the very beginning. And God has put Pastor William in this city to bring miracles. God's put Faith Outreach Church here to reverse some things. You know what? God's going to use that couple right there. They're not done yet. They're not done yet. In fact, the greater days are ahead. The greater, because you know why now? I was struggling and I was hurting and I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. But, but I'm pushing from behind now. I want to learn more. I want to be more. I want to serve more. I, I want to be a voice for God in this generation. So I'm pushing. So I'm shutting up when he talks and I'm listening and I'm sucking in as much as I can. You know why? Because I want God to use me. You know why? Because I want, I want God to use my girls and my family. And I want to make wherever I go better. Is this helping someone? So uh, let, let's, let's move on here. Uh, number four, and this, this one's going to get tough. So we know that if we want to see God's kingdom advance, this is the hour. We can't sit back. We've got to start reading the word more. We've got to start praying more. Amen? We've we got to start believing for the miraculous. Nothing wrong with it. Well, what if it doesn't happen? Well, what if it does? It's not your job to make it happen anyway. All you've got to do is believe. God performs the miracles. Number four, we have to have, be willing to confront the demonic. I am, I, I'm a public high school teacher, and I see it on a daily basis. We have to be willing to confront the demonic. Christians, we're so kind. We are so good. Praise the Lord at Walmart. Bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. When there is demonic agenda being pushed on us, when trouble arises in the workplace from ungodly antichrist people, we say, I don't want any trouble. Praise the Lord. I get it. It's okay. I'm sorry. I'll just keep quiet. I'm just doing my job. I have no comment. I have no comment. Praise the Lord. But when it comes to the church, Christians can have strong opinions. It's, it's attacking your own brother and sister. They have no problem picking up the phone and blasting Sister Susie or Preacher Paul. Can you believe what he said from the pulpit? How about we give each other a little grace in the church and confront the demonic influences attempting to indoctrinate our children out there? How about, how about we begin to step up? You know what? It's like we're a little gun shy out there. It's like we'll come in here and practice. We practice our religion in here. But you know what? This place should be a place of grace, forgiving one another, loving one another. It's outside there, there's the battle. Outside there, your children are being indoctrinated. Some of you won't even put your kids in that public school because you know there are demons floating around in there. How about we begin to stand up in our community and be a voice? Hello? Well, that's why we voted that politician in, so he'll do it. 
No, you need to do it too. You need to be a voice in your neighborhood, a voice in your family. Amen? So once you open your mouth and speak out against evil, there is a possibility that you could come under attack, and that's the game changer. Please don't let it be said of you, I don't know where you stand. People should know who you are, what you stand for, and what you're about. Amen. Make it known before people see a Democrat coming or people see a Republican coming. How about they see a man of God coming? How about they see a woman of God coming? Are y'all clapping just because, or do do y'all mean that clap? How about they see a Christian coming? How about they know it works? Well, you can't talk about here because he's on his job now. Good. You're going to stand up in the workplace. This is, this is where we are now. I see it in the classroom. I know, I, I know firsthand this is where we have to be. We've got to be willing to confront the demonic. They have no trouble. They have no trouble in the world confronting your children. They have no trouble in the world putting perversion on the phone. They have no trouble in the world walking up to your child on the the corner and selling them drugs. They have no trouble in the world trying to influence them with social media. They have no trouble in the world saying everything's okay. But you start to take a stand, the world doesn't like you. Why? Because you're against their agenda. Whose agenda is going to win? Is it going to be God's agenda or is it going to be the world's agenda? See, some of you forgot that you are in a fight. It is a spiritual battle. Am I, am I doing okay? This is what I'm telling my church. Stand up. What's that old song? Stand up, stand up for Jesus. That's all I know, but it's a pretty good part of the song. In fact, my Bible says we can't be a friend of the world. Can I read you a really... This is, this is a rough scripture. It's in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 4. It says, you adulterers, oh my, <laughs> what you call me? You adulterers, I haven't done nothing with anybody else. I'm good. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. You know what James calls you? The half-brother of Jesus? An adulterer. Well, you know, try to get along with everybody. And uh, there's some good in that because that's who I am. But I'm not going to let somebody run over my children with their wickedness. I'm going to take a stand. I'm not going to let somebody just come in and sell what they want to sell in my home. I'm going to watch what comes on my television so it doesn't indoctrinate my children. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil. And the work of the devil is just not putting cancer in your guts. Anyway, let me finish up here. Number five, and the last one. If we're going to be a part of God's kingdom advancement, we're going to be in this end time army. If, 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 if we're ready to flex, we're going to have to pray, get in God's word, believe for the miraculous, be willing to confront the demonic forces on this earth. 
And number five, we've got to be filled with God's spirit to do it. We've got to be filled with God. Vance Havner said, we are not going to move this world by criticism of it, nor conformity to it, but by the combustion within it of lives ignited by the spirit of God. You think your vote's going to work? Look what voting's got us. Absolute mess. Absolute mess. You think that being a Democrat or Republican is going to change anything? Really down deep inside it's going to take Christians standing up for the word of God. Being filled with God's spirit. We can't confront the demonic without, we can't push push forward without God's spirit filling us. The Bible says don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit of God. What an incredible resource we have as Christians. Hey, what an incredible resource we've had. As, well, I've heard this preaching before. I know you're probably going to ask for people to be filled with the spirit. And here, I've already been here before. See, when, when, when it becomes stale to you, you've lost your passion. Let that be the red flag. Ding, 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 ding. Let that be the alarm that just set off in your spirit. Hey, let that be the alarm that just set off in your spirit. You need to be filled with God's spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled. What an incredible resource. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. He reveals things to us. He guides you. He teaches you. He comforts you. Man, he gives you discernment in this age of confusion. Who wouldn't want the Holy Spirit? Who wouldn't want God's spirit moving and breathing and operating in them? Can I, can I give you a quick teaching point? Write these three things down. Let me sum up the Holy Spirit for you in three activities. There are many, I listed many, but I can show you three major uh, characteristics of the Holy Spirit right now. Are you ready? Write these down. This would be 5A. The Holy Spirit indwells in you. When you become a Christian, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you now have the Spirit of God that comes to dwell in you. It says that in the book of John. The Spirit of God dwells in you. He's with you, but will be in you. When you become a born-again New Testament Christian, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Why? To make you more like Christ. This is where in Galatians chapter 5, we have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, you should be kinder than you used to be, more patient than you used to be, more loving than you used to be, more joyful than you used to be. You should have more self-control than you used to have. You should become more and more like Christ. Amen? Your attitude should be more like Jesus. If the Spirit of God, sir, if the Spirit of God is dwelling in you, you should become more like Christ. And Jesus was not afraid to confront the demonic. He didn't walk around with a sheep under one arm and a harp in the other singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Bing, bing, bing. Jesus was a man. He was a man's man. And he confronted the demonic. He cast out devils. He wasn't afraid. The second reason, the, whole, the characteristic of the Holy Spirit, he comes to empower you. He's come to indwell in you, 
to make you more like him. That's the fruit of the Spirit. He comes to empower you. That's evidenced by the gifts of the Spirit. To empower you. Look at Acts chapter 1. The Holy Spirit came and fell on the disciples. They were filled with God. And they went out and did signs and wonders and miracles in the next chapter. We see that happening. God wants to empower the believer. This is where the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in 1 Corinthians. So now we know the Spirit of God comes to indwell in me. He comes to empower me. The third thing, the third characteristic of the Holy Spirit, He comes to guide you. Guide you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you into all truth. He wants to lead you. Don't, don't be led by your flesh. Galatians chapter 5 says, be led by the Spirit. There's a timing that the Holy Spirit has, and we want to be in step with the Holy Spirit, not in step with our flesh. He wants to teach you. He wants to teach you. He want, you know what the Holy Spirit wants to do? He wants to reveal to you the things the Father is saying. He wants to, he'll not communicate anything except for what the Father's saying. He wants to communicate to you what God is saying to you. Amen. We have to make the kingdom of God a priority. We must. Listen, here's what my Bible says, and I'll end with this. You know the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let's just stop right there. Because you've got it memorized. But it isn't, is it in your heart? Your kingdom come. Where do we want that to happen? <laughs> your kingdom come. Like in my bedroom right now. Your, your kingdom come. Your will be done. His purpose, his plan. What he wants to happen. Where? Where? As it is in heaven. You think there are a lot of sick folk walking around heaven? Right. You think there are a lot of demon-possessed people running around heaven? Ma'am, sir, respectfully, we got a job to do. We got a job to do. And that's, that job is to help these two fine folks right here. And I'm going I'm to do a better job of doing it. We, we got to get behind the vision of the local church. Listen, if they get, if they, they're not going to, if, if these two lovely people who have the, t how many years have you been pastor of this church? 32 in this community. Started with a seed. Right? Something God deposited in them. And look what you got here. We have a job to do. It's to go out there and rescue some people that are real sick. They don't know they're sick. But when they hear the word of God preached, when they, when they see a church that's actively loving the community, it's going to transform. Listen, this church hasn't seen its great day yet. I'm glad eight of you agree with me. This church has not seen its greatest day yet. 
I don't know. That feels warm and fuzzy. But these guys need to know this church hasn't seen its greatest day yet. Amen? You may have a larger responsibility now because I'm not going anywhere. We're connected. We work through our mama, her mama's loss, uh, my mama, my dad. We've gone through all that. Raphael, we've gone through the whole business. And we're just trying to raise four daughters the best. It's my job to raise them. It's not anybody else's. It's my wife's job to raise these girls. It's nobody anybody else's. We've been working, and, 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 and we've been working hard. She's been working harder than me, and we've been holding down two jobs. He knows what it's like. Let's stop believing the lies and start believing the testimony of 32 years. Let's see the vision of the house that God gave these two shepherds, pastors, a man and woman of God. Let's see it come to pass in the city. Let's, let's, let's just roll up our sleeves and let's get our hands dirty. There are people that need rescuing. It's, it's so easy to see. And I know when they bring them to this place, they're going to feel love. Look, we're part of it. What you, what you help here move up a little, our church moves up a little. I believe it. I believe it's going to, we're, we're, we're about to blow and go. Let me give you a testimony of what happened. And I'm, uh, you haven't get, told me to quit yet. This is good. <laughs> she said, you're about to get it. Hurry up. <laughs> I like this little sign here. This is good. Is that paint? No, it's up there. Gosh, how do you do that? Man, Jason, you're good. Hey, Jason and Rachel, hey, where's the birthday girl? Oh, Janelle's birthday. Hey, girl, what's up? Hey, happy birthday. All right, quick testimony. I'm, I'm gonna, have y'all enjoyed this tonight? Yeah. Listen, you may not have enjoyed me, but I sure did enjoy you. <laughs> Man, can I come back? Yeah. All right. Because <clears throat> I, I, I try to be so serious, but they... <laughs> but uh, um, I like to have fun too. Look, so we tried, I don't know, over 15 years. Pastor William came down on a board meeting um, said, hey, uh, you need to build a fund. And I said, we do, I know. And so we started it. And I don't know, over, help me through this, Julie, last 15 years we started it, which brings us to last year during COVID. We may have raised $30,000, which is a lot of money. We know it's a lot of money. We 30000 and I did it poorly. You know, like, oh, once a month. People are leaving. Uh, don't forget, 
building fun. Don't just, you know, send it in. And everybody's walking out the door. And I just, you know, I did it haphazard. I wasn't really good at it. And um, then COVID, we got serious. We had about 30,000. And uh, Pastor William said, get yourself a little box. And we did. We made a, we made a church with a steeple on it, a wood box. And um, we put it up in front of the church. We put it in the back of the church, really. And Pastor Junior said, put it up in front of the church. And I said, well, we just put it up in front of the church. Okay. Right. Hey, guys, can you move up in the front of the church? And um, they came down and visited us and blessed us real big. And um, then a week later, someone else blessed us real big. We didn't see that coming. Uh, but we had about thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars just struggling. You know, I didn't even want to put the thing up there because it'd be like you know five dollars more the next month or something. And during COVID, we went from a, a estimated around thirty thousand uh, dollars. We just posted this past week in in less what about a year and a half, we we're at a hundred and forty-three thousand dollars. That'll stir your faith. It's not all about money. There, there's, there's, a, there's a beautiful gentleman in this church that said, I want to give that young blood pastor a little money and bless. I'm not asking, I'm not asking that here. I'm just giving testimony. I'm just giving testimony. And I want to thank you. I, I need you to believe in them. I need you to believe in what we're doing. We're connected. And I, I look forward to repenting more good news coming. Being with you, we're going to try to get up to Pigeon area and get up here to Clarksville as much as we can. We're hoping to be up here uh, at the um, Holy Spirit Conference in October. And boy, wouldn't it be nice to see this place packed out. I'm, I'm planning to bring my whole family up here. That's the plan. So thank you for allowing me to be a part of this great service today. Uh, God bless you. I'll see you guys soon, okay? Come down to Florida and visit me.